A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as we look back at the major talking points from the 2021 IPL auction. I'm Neil Manthorpe. I've, over the next hour or so, I'll be joined by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison to dissect the big stories and maybe even some of the little ones to come out of the auction. We'll discuss Chris Morris becoming the most expensive overseas signing in history. We'll look at a mixed bag for the England players and we'll ask why Alex Hales, Jason Roy and Adil Rashid didn't get picked up. As well as this, we're also joined by Rajasthan Royals Director of Cricket, Kumar Sangakkara, and uh, the Chennai Super Kings Assistant Coach, Eric Simon, to talk about Moeen Ali. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. Well, Harmi, uh, take your pick um, from any of those subjects or any of your own. Um, what was your overall impression? It's called a mini um, a mini auction, um, but there were some quite big stories coming out of it. Next year is the the really big the big auction that takes place every three years. What did you make of this one? Yeah, it's interesting, man. As it's it's one of them ones where you you probably actually as a as a a player you want to you want to get in this one, don't you? Because teams are vying for a specific spl- slot, and if your if your skill set is in this specific slot. All of a sudden, your money goes up like through the roof, and then, you know, the biggest highlight, the one that stands out the most, is Rajasthan probably wants somebody in that middle order to potentially get Stokes and Butler open the baton, and somebody to bowl at the death with um, with Jofra Archer. So Chris Morris ticked, uh, ticked all them boxes. So because of that, there was probably some calculated um, bids from other other franchises to get that up to take Rajas to make sure Rajasthan paid you know the big bucks for them and they certainly did nearly what was it one and one and a half 1.6 million pound for for that so that stood out big big time I'd expected a couple of the opening batsmen to be picked up I thought Roy Roy Heels um you're looking at somebody like Labashain um, no, no Aaron Finch, no Lewis from from the West Indies. So you know, teams must be happy with their their top order, or they're happy with Indian players in their top order. So, look, it was it was an interesting um, interesting little mini auction. 
And I think if you're a, a fast bowler or an all-rounder, uh, from an overseas point of view, this is the auction to be in because there were some big numbers for the likes of Richardson and Jamison from Australia and, and New Zealand, respectively. Um, and an all-rounder in Dan Christian got went for a few quid as well. So I'm pleased for Moen Ali. He's gone to the, the, the what is dad's army. Um, he's probably one of the youngest there, 33. So, <laughs> yeah, good on good on him and, and, and Sam Billings and, and Tom Curran for getting picked up. So all in all, I think it's a good auction for, for the majority of the, the England players that went into it. So a question I'll ask Kumar Sangakara um, a little later, but um, it must be quite hard for some players, some of the really big-name players, not to take it personally if they don't get picked up in the auction. I mean, I'm not suggesting that Adil Rashid would take it personally, um, but, I mean, he's he is still one of the premier white ball bowlers um his all-round skill sets uh, you know still as good as anybody in the world in the spin bowling department and yet uh, you know he was he was in the auction and people were expecting him to get picked up the, the truth is it's not personal it might be i suppose in one or two cases if there's a player with a a reputation that is, makes the franchises wary but you know there are lots of good leg spinners indian leg spinners uh, and there are only so so many places for overseas players and um you know, um, much as uh, you might think and what... I mean, he he is one of the best white ball bowlers in the world, so why isn't he in the IPL? But there are reasons other than performance. Yeah, I think there is. And I think what you mentioned there, you touched on it there, I think what we probably look at it from a, an outside point of view from, from England or from South Africa or, or, or wherever, uh, we probably don't understand what the level of skill sets in, in the young Indian players, i.e. the spin bowling department, Probably the opening batting department that the feelers though they need pace. You know, overseas we need pace. We need all rounders and we need pace. But actually, from somebody who knows Adil well and played played a, a bit of cricket with Adil Rashid, the slot, the problem slot I find and is fitting in is that number seven spot where you've got a, an all rounder um, who bats and bowls um, and just balances the, the side up. And I actually think. Adil Rashid's not a bad little batsman, especially in Asian conditions. I think the kid can play, and I think he would fit in to that run around all rounder slot in the middle. He can hit it out the ground. We've seen that from England's point and England point of view. Yes, he's getting a bit older, but with the bowling as well as his 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 main is his main skill, then I thought he would be a, an absolute shoe in for somebody. But like a, like. We're probably going to find out because we're going to listen to people who are in the know more than what we are, even though I watched you know, and worked on the majority of the IPL last year, that teams are looking for specifics. And they're, they're trying to find that in this second auction, one or two little gems which are going to just completely change the dynamics of their team. And I think that's why you've seen the big money go on, the two, all, two all-rounders in Morrison, Moen Ali, and the quick bowlers because teams need some extra pace. We've seen that last year. Probably I, the team I picked right at the very start, I thought we're going to do well, and they did, was Delhi Capitals, and we've seen what Nokia and, and Rabada did. So from that point of view, I think teams have looked at that and thought, well, we might need a, a, just a, a little bit more injection of pace, and I think that's where the money's gone in this auction. The next question I've got on my list is about David Milan, but I'm going off script here because I have a burning desire suddenly to ask you, whether you would have been IPL material at your at your peak um, and how much you would have gone for and whether you would have fancied um, it. 
I'd have, I'd have fancied it. Definitely would have fancied it. I think so. I think for maybe a year or two, I think possibly. Um, in that, when I see the likes of, you know, the way Jameson's gone for, for, for the money he's gone and Richardson, you see the, the Pat Cummins's, the pace that they've got. The, like Enric, Enric Nokia. Yeah, you've seen Enric Nokia develop. Man, as he, he's not somebody who has got a whole array of slower balls. He's not somebody who has got a whole array of anything but just runs up and bowls <laughs> and hits the deck hard and bowls quick. Um, and top of off, army. Top, top of, of off. As Hoggard would say, the stumps don't move. The ball's red and it's round. It's white and it's round and it doesn't move. You know what I mean? Just just, just hit the top of off. Good players will it'll, it'll get out. So I'd like to think I would. I'd like to think I might, I'd develop and be better for that. Um, and that's this whole argument that we'll probably have during the next test match and the fourth test match when they talk about rotation policies and everything that goes with it. You know, the the, the big elephant in the room, shall we say, from, from an England selection point of view, is this IPL. Um, but I, one, I don't begrudge people going. Do I not? I, I think it's great for them. And two, I think it's important for, their, for the players Um to just have a change of scenery, play at the same similar level as what international cricket is because it makes them cricketers better. It's up to the administrators and the management to be strong enough to put the whole thing together. Right, David Milan then. The world's number one ranked T20 batsman finally cracks the IPL. Yeah, he did and it, it's brilliant. And you, when you look at it, when we talked about people going for specifics. You know, Milan's gone for about £150,000 or £200,000. Steve Smith's gone for about £200,000. And you look at Chris Morris has gone for £1.6 million. So you, when you when you work the, the theories like that out, you just think, well, how does this game work? But I'm pleased for Milan. Um, it shows from an England point of view now we've got Good player, all our good players, our best players in the in the IPL, and there was. I watched the auction. I wasn't sure if he was going to get picked. He got picked right up, right at the last minute. I think the hammer was going to go down unsold, and then um, he he managed to get uh, he managed to get selected by the Punjab Kings. So good for him. I'm really really pleased for him. Caps off a, a fantastic 12 18 months for for the Middlesex bat or the Yorkshire batsman now, um, and he, he deserves for the hard work he's put in. I love the the small stories. With you know the big stories are obvious. They're all back page leads. And yeah, Chris Morris goes for one point six million pounds. And uh, you know we see all those big headlines. Uh, there are two stories, both concerning the Mumbai Indians, that uh, are fascinating as mm. well. There's Arjun Tendulkar. Uh, no pressure there, Arjun. Sachin's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. son has been signed by the by the Mumbai Indians. Um, so there's that. But there's also what do you know about Marco Janssen? Not a lot, to be fair, Manners. Not a lot. He's um, he's been picked up. He's is it a is it a token gesture on them both, Manners? Is it? Token I don't know. That, I, that... I I know about Marco Janssen. I can tell you about him. I don't know much about Arjun Tendulkar and whether he's been signed as a a marketing. I mean, he, I know he's a useful cricketer, but uh, you know he is also Sachin <laughs> Tendulkar's son. So I I honestly don't know. There's uh, been I, there's I, been a couple though, haven't there? There's there's been a couple that have been from um from the emerging nations you, squads who who have getting an IPL go and. Not had a game, but the experience has been 
has been very, very good for them. So, you know, fingers crossed it's not a marketing tool. Fingers crossed it is. They are going to potentially get a game. But when you look at the likes of who who Mumbai Indians have got, they can do that marketing tool because, you know, they've been the most successful side in the last six years with Decock, Pollard, Bolt, Colton Isle. They've signed Nisham, which I think is a very, very good sign. And Adam Milne have signed as well. So, the, I think they have got a spare spot for somebody who to give experience to. So let me just leave, tell you about Marco Janssen very quickly. Three years ago, South Af- um, India were touring South Africa and a 17-year-old left-arm quick called Marco Janssen bowled as a net bowler to the Indian team. And uh, Virat Kohli, um, not for the first time in his career, remembered that he was impressed with this, uh, this 17-year-old kid who uh, could also uh, can also bat. I mean, he's got... Genuine all-round pretensions, but um, so I, I'm not. I don't know whether Virat Kohli followed his progress, but uh, Marco Janssen grew into becoming a, a South African under-19 cricketer, then a first-class cricketer, and then now at the age of he's only 20, left-arm quick, bats really well, um, popped his name into uh, the auction, and uh, Virat Kohli, I understand, is I remember him, I remember that kid. Um, so so now, I mean, he's going to be a reserve player, sure, but uh, he might uh, get the opportunity to impress. Uh, it's so often in cricket and in, in life, I suppose, it's, a, it's about being in the right place at the right time and having a, having a bit of luck. And um, if you get really lucky, then you, get the, you become the subject of a bidding war between two or even three franchises, and that's when your price goes through the roof. Absolutely, and, and it's good for, like I said, it's, it's good for you know, players who haven't, aren't the, the household names. I mentioned before, there was a couple of emerging nations guys in the last few years. I think, I think Odana from... Uh, Isuru Odana, yes. Yes, yeah. he played for he played for RCB, I think, last year. Didn't get picked up in, in this in this auction. But there are players who have come under the radar and done done very well and some great stories. And you know, the, can you imagine that you know young Tendulkar does play? Can you imagine Sachin saying I want to watch my son play cricket? In a in a buyer secure bubble, <laughs> that's going to be a brave security guard to turn Sachin away <laughs> from the front door, isn't it? So, it, it it it's like like we said, there's been loads of good stories um, in this from this IPO and loads of life changing things for young Indian cricketers. Um, and fingers crossed, we've possibly just had a, a life changing moment for a young South African player who can put his name not only in lights in the IPO but then force his way into the South African side. Interestingly, um, it's uh, Mitchell McLenahan let go by the uh, Mumbai Indians, uh, left arm quick, and Marco Janssen is the left arm quick who replaces him. So it's a, it's a brutal and um, cutthroat world. Anyway, you're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. Still to come, we'll be joined by Rajasthan Royals Director of Cricket, Kumar Sangakkara. But next, we'll speak live with the Chennai Super Kings coach, Eric Simons. Down he comes. Lovely strike by Moen Ali. A free-flowing six over wide long off. Down comes Moen Ali and it just nails it into the crowd. <laughs> this is absolutely breathtaking. I mean, Moen Ali. Four just in there. Now Moen Ali sweeps him over mid-wicket for six. This is astonishing stroke play. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast and our review of the 2021 IPL auction. It's been a busy week for England all-rounder Moeen Ali. After leaving the biosecure bubble in India to have his period of rest after the second test match, he was then picked up for just under £700,000 by the Chennai Super Kings. 
Joining us now for more on this and how CSK are setting up for the new season is uh, the Chennai Super Kings assistant coach, Eric Simons. First of all, um, did anything surprise you? Obviously, I want to talk to you about Moen Ali um, being signed by you. Um, but did, what was your overall impression of the, the mini auction? Um, probably, probably typical mini auction because um, a lot of chaps benefit from them because they're small groups of players to, uh, to choose from. Most teams are looking at a very specific target um, and those that are released um, are not the same, obviously, with a big auction when funds are spread around. So some people have walked away with some big numbers, which great for them, I suppose, have raised some eyebrows. And uh, moving on to Moen Ali, I don't know whether you obviously wanted an all-rounder. I don't know whether he was your first pick, but uh, the, at 33, he might be a bit young for Chennai Super Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have been accused in the past of being uh, the, the dad's army, if you like. But I think I think that happened in you know two, three years ago. And I think people then realised that the way we go about the game, the way we play it, the, our, our, our thinking, you know, we don't think it's always an old man's game. Uh, sorry, a young man's game. You know, I think the uh, we've shown time and time again that experience counts for a lot, and um, it's one of the, one of the hallmarks of the way that CSK have gone about putting their, their teams together. About about guys being able to control their particular domain of of uh, and their role in the team. And someone like Moen is, is exactly one of those people. He knows his game well. He's a he's a good cricketer, but he's also anyone you speak to or talk to him about talk to, to you about the person Moen Ali is the informal leader and the good cricket brain, and that's part of CSK's um, mantra. Eric, Eric, you mentioned about the um, specifics that teams were going for. Are you surprised about the, the specialist opening batsmen, especially overseas, that weren't picked up? Because there's a lot of big names haven't been picked up from the, the opening batsmen. Heels and Roy from, from England point of view, but the likes of well, the top order bats and Vada Dusan, Labashin comes to mind. There's some, some big names not gone, on, gone unsold. It was a bit surprising amongst one or two of them along the way, but I think the game, the, the, the auctions have changed a lot. I think in the past, the name would come up and the name would be bought. I think now it's very much specific to what do we need? What do we see in this particular cricketer? And, and recognising that success in some conditions and some teams and some um, situations don't necessarily translate to success in the IPL. So I think teams have become a little more strategic around um, what they wanted from specific players. So when one looks at it from an outside, it is a bit surprising. But when you're in the, you know, at the cold face of it, you perhaps understand why the decisions were made the way they are. One very very bright um, star for you in what was a disappointing last season um, of the the IPL was Sam Curran. He opened the bowling. You had him opening the batting. You had him coming in as a pinch hitter. Um, he was doing everything. It, does a floating role like that actually, can it work? I mean, are you going to keep your options open with him or are you going to try and identify a specific role for him? There are very few players, I think, that really can... can I think the game has become more specific in the short time, so where players tend to have a role. Um, but there are a few that are, have got the unique talent and ability to, to float around like that, and, and Sam is one of them, I think. Um, we've, you know, I, I watched Sam from a distance. I didn't know him that well, but I think that what impressed everybody within the CSK, and again, anybody that would have dealt with him, is the character of the guy and, and what he's about. He's an, he's an incredible fighter. Um, I loved working from a bowling perspective. I loved the fact that he had an opinion on his game. He had an opinion on, on his game, on the game itself, tactically. And you can see he's a thinker, and I think it's one of the reasons why he's so versatile. 
So I think I think we'd like to settle down. To be honest, some of the decisions around his movement was because we were having problems in areas, um, and we wanted to maybe get a quicker start or do something a bit differently, rather than because uh, we weren't sure of his role. We, we were pretty much sure what he wanted to do, but we were trying to fill gaps that were occurring. But um, I think it's testament to who he is a cricketer. He's not he's he's his tactical awareness and your and understanding of the game that made him so versatile. But uh, to me, what stood out for me was the character he is, and I think that's been a hallmark of his career. And, sorry, man. It's interesting, Zarek. You signed uh, Pajara, and you know, talking yeah. about Pajara and, and talking about CSK having an, an older team. But are there specific roles for somebody like Pajara because he's perceived to be somebody that bats for a long time? But actually, if you take him back, the, the first Test match. His scoring rate was high. This guy's got a great cricket brand and great cricket knowledge. Is there a role for him in 2020 cricket? I definitely believe there's a role for them. I think I think one of the most important things for batsmen in particular that plays the way he does is to understand his role and understand that, that he's game plan and stick to it. There are a number of ways of skinning the cat. And, and also what's important is to sometimes see the strike rate of a partnership and not just an individual. So, you know, I was with Delhi and we had... Um, um, David Warner and Verinda Sawag as an opening partnership. And that you'd think would be the ideal T20 partnership to open in innings. And they, they weren't successful together. But you put them with somebody else that complements them in a different way, and, and it sometimes works. So I, I do think there's a role for cricketers like for, for like Pajara. I think he is, again, a very, very shrewd, got a very shrewd head on his shoulders. And there are a number of ways of skinning the cat. Sometimes you look at strike rates. And, you know, someone like a Chris Gale who's hitting the ball out the ground all the time, you, 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 you see an obvious strike rate, but you look across on the other side and there's somebody who's nudged the ball around, got the odd boundary, and his strike rate is not very different. So it's, it's very important for cricketers to understand their game and to, and to straight two to themselves and, and find their way of achieving what needs to be achieved. And I think he's one of those cricketers. Eric, on a bigger picture level, Chennai seems to be one of those franchises that um, got the 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 worst of the bubble in the, the last IPL season. Um, I just wonder um, wh- what you learned from that experience and, and what differences... I mean, how much do you know about the bubble? Because obviously that was in the UAE and you're now going to play the next edition in India. Um, are you are you personally um, intimidated uh, or, uh, you know, <laughs> not intimidated, but do you sort of... Um, I, is there a sense of dread about sp- spending another 11 weeks in a bubble? I think there was a more dread going in the first one, not knowing what what to what to expect. Um, we 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 were you, you know, we got the worst of it because we ended up having some positive uh, tests and that put us an extra week in the bubble, if you like. So instead of seven days, we were there for fourteen. Um, but I think now that you know what to expect, I think you go in with a far greater understanding of what you need to do, things you need to take in with you, connections you need to keep making, conversations on things like Zoom. Um, and then also just the, the interaction with players um, amongst themselves. We did find there were times we'd get to practice and, and the, there was a, a certain lethargy about the guys that, that we needed to get out before the practice really get its straps. So those kind of things are your learning, uh, you take away from the, the previous bubble. So we do go in a lot more prepared um, as to what to achieve and what to do. So it's not, a great, it's not a great thing to do, but we'd rather do it and play cricket than not have it at all. But I think we will be more prepared this time as individuals and as a team. And Eric, the, um, every, every time somebody new signs for CSK, the, the name is mentioned every time, and that's MS Dhoni. What's the big fella got left in him? Has he got another two or three years left in IPL? 
IPL cricket in him and you know the great leaders or great players always bounce back from a what was it a difficult year for for CSK last year what's the what's the great man got up his sleeve for this year well you'd be a brave man not to vote to vote against him um you know he's he's one of those characters that um he's a very proud man he's, he, he he understands his game very very well and I think that I'm excited to see what he comes in with I think last year was the first year that he um, he didn't have as much competitive cricket leading into the tournament as he has in the past. And that's one of the challenges that any cricketer that's retiring from the international stage has to face when he comes to the IPL is that edge. And I think he would have learned from that. So he's, he, would have, he would have gone away. He has gone away and he, he put a lot of work in. He's already talking about getting into, into Mumbai earlier than everybody else and, and putting the work in. But he's, um, he, yeah, besides the fact that he brings the runs to the table, it's, it's also his leadership and, and the calming effect. I, one of the privileges of last year, as tough as a season as it was for CSK, particularly because every year we've made the knockout phases, was to listen to him talk to that team in the toughest moments and the calmness and the level-headedness and the, the logic with which he applied, applies his mind to it. And through that, you see why he's the cricketer that he is. And I think that's... Um, one of the great benefits of playing around him. And, and he'll bring that to the team again. It, it really was a privilege to listen to him and see him be the leader that he needed to be when the team was under pressure. Um, it's, it's been a privilege to work alongside him and, and near him in any shape or form, not only as a cricketing perspective, just from, just from a life experience perspective as well. And finally, Eric, just before we let you go, um, it's a couple of months before the IPL still. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're premature getting into it because of the auction. But um, we still have a lot of international cricket to play. And I s- expect that you have been keeping a close eye on the England-India series uh, as we commentate here from TalkSport. What have you made of it so far? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a wonderful series well, so far as it's unfolded. I, I, I think the, the wicket we got in the, well, you got in the second test was what I would have expected. <laughs> but I think lessons have been learned. So I think more of the same going forward. But um, I, I've, I've really been, well, I mean, I'm impressed with both teams. I enjoy watching both teams play, but I've really, I've really been impressed with the resilience of the, the Indian side in the, in the last two series. This one coming back from from the defeat and then, you know, what, what were they all out against Australia in that innings to come back and win the next one the way they did? It talks a lot about the resilience of the team and who they are. And uh, to see young cricketers coming through, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. I, you know, obviously I, I worked with the Indian side for, for three years with Gary and then Duncan Fletcher. So I do have a certain affinity to them and to the individuals. But I, 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 both teams are really exciting to watch and I think it's going to be great watching this the series unfold. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for your time and uh, enjoy the golf course before the IPL. Thanks, Steve. Nice chatting. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. Still to come, we'll discuss why the likes of Alex Hales and Adil Rashid didn't pick up the contract. But next up, we'll be joined by the Rajasthan Royals Director of Cricket, Kumar Sangakkara. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Third one inside the power play and he's in. He's bowled and he's hit for six over long on. What a shot from Josh Butler. Stokes in again. Swans in it. It's been taken. Stokes has done it again. Just when England needed a hero, they found one. Short top edge hook shot down towards fine leg. Should be out and is. Sam Curran takes a very good catch. And Archer has his fifth wicket. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast and our review of the 2021 IPL auction. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, available now on the free TalkSport app. But it was a historic auction for Chris Morris, with the all-rounder becoming the most expensive overseas signing in IPL history, returning to the Rajasthan Royals for around £1.6 million. Joining us now for more on this is the newly appointed Rajasthan Royals Director of Cricket, the former Sri Lankan keeper batsman, the great Kumar Sangakkara. Kumar, many thanks for joining us. Um, Can I just ask you, first of all, what surprised you, if anything, about the auction? Well, I think uh, that a lot of the times you were stretched with your purse to get the players that you wanted. Um, and some of the players that you may not have thought would go for very high prices, like the fast bowlers and the all-rounders did, and that some of the other, the usual suspects in terms of getting high option prices um, um, or a, a team to really buy them uh, didn't get a lot of attention. So um, this this kind of happens in terms of a small auction where sides have you know a few gaps they want to want to fill and they have a specific target in mind. So. Um, it, it is surprising and at, at times, but uh, but but it happens quite often in these mini auctions. Uh, the fast bowlers, obviously, there's there's Chris Morris. You you were talking about specific targets. <laughs> he was clearly yours, um, that Morris, but also Kyle Jamieson and, and Jai Richardson, all really expensive purchases. So it seems that the premium in this mini auction was was pretty much all on fast bowlers. 
Um, absolutely. Um, you know, that was a very crucial role for sites to fill. I mean, most of the sites came into this with, a, with their cores intact. I mean, you look at Mumbai, they came with a, a 15 crore purse, uh, one of the smallest in the auction because they had their site already arranged and they wanted one or two players that they were going to buy. So it was a lot easier. I thought with Adam Milne, they got an extremely good buy. Um, uh, for us, we had specific roles in mind, a, a Morris for sure, and then hopefully another out and out quick, but with the way the auction prices went for Morris, we were hard pressed to really uh, stay stay in competition for a few of the others. But we managed to pick up Mustafizur for um, uh, you know for a bargain. So he's also quite experienced in the IPL, especially with Sunrisers Hyderabad. So um, all in all, I think we're pretty happy with the way it went, and we have uh, you know different combinations now that we can play. Kumar, can you explain one thing to well to me and to everyone else listening? What what is it with franchises releasing players and then trying to buy them straight back again? How's, how does that work? Well, if you have initially bought a player that has sat on the bench for a long period of time or have not specifically delivered what you wanted, you get uh, a window in which you have your retention and release uh, um, picks so you can let those players go um, and then... If no one else buys them, you have the opportunity to actually buy the players back at a at a at a lesser price. So it eases the strain on your purse, but at the same time gives you enough flexibility to spend on certain other players that you would think are of of of, of more value in terms of team roles. Um, uh, buying players back also extend towards loyalty of of having that continuity in the side in terms of your personnel. Okay, um, got it. Uh, from an English point of view, um, were you surprised? I mean, there were so there's so many excellent players who went unsold, and I'm just picking two um, here: Alex Hales and Jason Roy. Um, as I say, that you know, there are dozens who might have been uh, hoping, if not expecting, to be picked up in the auction. Were you surprised at those two or any anybody else? Um, it, it just depends again. You know, the, the openings that franchises have, if they have their opening slots covered, then, you know, they're not going to be looking for an opener. They might be looking for a, 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 a batsman who can bat up or down the order and be, uh, you know, adaptable. And that could be more attractive or they'll have, you know, the fast bowlers contingent this year and the all-rounders. Uh, they were of high value for, for all franchises. But come a, a larger auction, which there is one next year, you will see a different trend and, and, and slightly more uh, a balanced out kind of uh, buying at the auction where franchises then have to fill in about, you know, 15, 16, 17 places instead of just one or two. I expect that uh, given the reputation of some players who went unsold, there would be bruised egos. Um, you know, there's a danger that, uh, that, that some really good players can take it personally if they don't get a contract. Well, it, it, it can happen. It, it happens either way, really. You can go unsold or you can be bought for an extremely higher price um, or, or a mid-range price, not quite what you expected or not what quite what you expect in, com in, in comparison to what you've been paid as a player. So there are different dynamics that really work. Um, but I think players have come to understand that the 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 auction, the supply-demand dynamics, um, the prices are determined by that and that alone. And of course, they go by stats and various other metrics that they have to measure the value of players in terms of their team makeup. Um, 
and when when certain sides want a certain player, they're willing to pay a premium, especially in a situation like this, what we saw yesterday with a mini option. Mumbai Indians have uh, pretty much dominated the uh, the competition, the tournament um, from its inception. Uh, they're the multiple champions. Your great mate Mahela Jayawardena is uh, head coach there. What <laughs> it, does that give you an insight into what he's doing right, and what do you have to do to uh, you and um, the other teams to to challenge the Mumbai? Well, I think Mumbai um, has a great advantage in that they build a core unit over the years that's allowed them to dominate the IPL. If you take their local Indian players, um, they're of the highest quality. A lot of them are, have played international cricket at, at some point or the other this season. Uh, they've held on to them. And then the overseas players are really senior seasoned, experienced internationals. So that makes a huge, huge difference. Um, um, in terms of even coming to an auction like yesterday with a very small purse, they had only one or two targets that they wanted. They got Adam Milne at a, an extremely good price. So they are, even if they hadn't bought any player yesterday, it would have been fine for them. They had the they had the, the structure to survive. Chennai over the years has done the same thing. They built a core side that plays really, really well, especially in India. MS Dhoni's got a very set strategy along with Stephen Fleming that, that has made them extremely successful. So... I think for Rajasthan also, uh, uh, especially uh, you know through this season and beyond it, to build that that core play that core set of players and have a longer term view in terms of loyalty retention and planning would be very key to becoming a powerhouse uh, you know a year or two down the line. Kumar, the IPLs. The, pretty much the biggest thing in world cricket. I mean, the international calendars uh, are built around the IPL window. It's set to be expanded from eight teams to ten teams from next year. Um, do you think everybody uh, around the world has accepted that bilateral series um, and everything else has to be planned around the IPL? Is the IPL the biggest thing in, in world cricket now? Um, yes, I, um, I think it's 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 two parts to that uh, in terms of an answer. One is you have international cricket um, and players value international cricket and spectators do that. There is, uh, you know, huge loyalty and a fan base for international cricket. At the same time, the IPL has grown to become what it is today on the back of these players coming and contributing their skills. Um, and it's become a, a spectacle that has, you know, entertainment, it has excitement, amazing quality cricket. It has that Bollywood connection. It has all the ingredients that make for very, very interesting viewing. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again, the viewership increasing, uh, the TV rights increasing, and thereby uh, increasing the benefit for players and, of course, the fans in, in that sense. Um, so there is no other franchise tournament that can, that can eclipse the IPL, at least for the moment, and not perhaps in the near future as well. Um, but there is a, is a clear demarcation between, you know, um, the love for international cricket and, and and the IPL. And I think both can coexist and they're starting to find a, a more workable balance in that sense. Um, so um, without a doubt, in terms of franchise cricket, um, yeah, this is this is probably, yeah, they, sorry, without a doubt, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing, yes. And no concerns about how big it is and, and it getting bigger. Well, again, um, you know, that's, that's really determined by what the fans want, uh, 
what they desire in terms of consumption and, and entertainment and cricket-wise, and that will dictate uh, how big the IPL really grows. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, and uh, very, very best of luck as uh, Director of Cricket at uh, the Rajasthan Royals. Thank you. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. In the final part of the show, myself and Steve Harmison will look at those who went unsold and ask what more can Alex Hales do to get back into the England side. Now he goes over mid-wicket. That's a super swing of the bat. Six to Hales. Hales is tapping away and this time he's getting delivered. That's driven in the air. That's going out to long off, over long off. That's into the crowd for six. Roy goes down the ground for six. And that one is slapped away dismissively by Roy. Over extra cover for six. Here is uh, Rashid. Bold! No, he's got it. Quinton de Kock is bold. Adil Rashid is straight through. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. We've already looked at the big deals from the 2021 IPL auction. But in the final part, we're going to have a look at those players who went unsold. Right, onto the list of uh, unsold players then. We've already mentioned Alex Hales and Jason Roy, <laughs> two quality cricketers who uh, didn't get a gig. Aaron Finch was disappointed. The Australian white ball captain was disappointing for RCB last year, so uh, he was released and hasn't been picked up by anybody else. Um, oh, there's uh, everywhere you look, uh, there's uh, players with, uh, with serious ability um, Corey Anderson, uh, we've mentioned already, Mitchell McLenahan. Isura Udena, to me, uh, is seriously, seriously talented. The former South African all-rounder, Wayne Parnell. Um, uh, lots of uh, lots of Aussies um, were trying their luck. They seem to be uh, in flavour at the moment with the IPL army. Um, and, and I guess, you know, they you, you, you don't give up, do you? You just uh, put your name in the hat next year and hope for the best then. Yeah, fingers crossed your your name comes out. And I think this was the one where we, we heard Eric Eric Simons mention people looking for specific... Excuse me, I'll put my teeth in. Specifics. <laughs> um, and the, the likes of Roy, um, Hales, Labashian, top order players, you, you thought Finch, Lewis, you'd think they'd get picked up, but that's not the case. So whether the, the Indian... Indian franchises think we've got enough in reserve for that and we want a quick bowler or an all-rounder which they've all gone for I still think the biggest one is Rashid I, I just don't understand the from an outside looking at how Adil Rashid hasn't getting picked up um, we've mentioned the Mitch McLennan uh, with Marco Janssen possibly that could come down to finances they needed you know, the, the, a big push for, for Coulter Nile and for Milne and thought, well, I haven't got enough money and got a fallback. So uh, look, the, there are some big names that, that haven't been selected, but you're right. I think it is a case of, you know, put your name in, buy another ticket for next year and, and fingers crossed. And when I look down the England, England unit, what I think potentially could be England's squad for the World T20 in October, I'm looking at possibly one, two, three, four haven't been picked up in this IPL, which for me, that stands England in good stead for not only experience over in, in India, but also you know the level of, of, of 2020 cricket these guys are going to be playing. 
What I've found, I've learnt in, in recent years, and actually a lot of it uh, from talking to the likes of uh, Gary Kirsten and, and Eric Simons, is the level of planning and strategizing that goes into the creation of, of a squad. And when you get when you come to auction time, the specific, I mean, how really, really specific are the requirements. We need. Uh, we need a uh, a left armer who you know who bowls skiddy and um, and or we need a right hand batsman who bat- I mean not just that a right hand batsman who can bat who normally bats four who has a strike rate of over a hundred and forty in domestic cricket in this number I mean the really re- it's Moneyball yeah. uh, Moneyball has come to cricket and it, it, it you know it's a reputation counts almost. For, for almost for nothing, really, and we might say, but I mean, he's so exciting, and he's he's done this and that in the in the big bash, and he's you know, and and we get sort of as as observers and supporters, I, I, I guess you know, we get rather caught up in the emotion of the moment. It's, there's very very little of that in the in the auction, as I say, it's it's moneyball, and it's you know, it's career strike rates, it's numbers, it's dispassionate. <laughs> It is, and when you're listening to, we've we've listened to two people who have been heavily involved in all of the IPLs, uh, in Sangakara and, and Eric Simons from off the field stuff. You know, we they do talk about you know, having partnerships and having the right combinations, um, and just mentioned there about even if if you look at the the, the Warner the Warner Bearstow partnership, both crash bang wallop, you know, wanting to score a strike rate of about 170, 180. Um, but then you look at last year, probably the best partnership that was was out there from an open and batting point of view in the first six games. Um, we're at Kings Eleven, and they were they were nearly bottom of the log, and that was uh, Agarwal and uh, Kiel Rao, two players. When you look at them, and you think when they've got a white shirt in their hand, they're very very correct playing the V, not somebody who scores um, big sixes, but actually when you break the game down in that first six overs when a power player's on. You've just got to get the ball over the 30-yard circle, not over the, the fence, which is 50, 60 yards away. So actually, there is room for these technical players. And the names I've mentioned, the, the, the Heels and the, the, the Roys, they are people who are very, very explosive, very hit or miss when it comes to getting out early or going on and, and, and scoring the, the big runs very, very quickly. So, you know, the, the, the terminology of more ways to skin, to skin a cat that Eric Simons used is very, very much evident in the way these these franchises plan so what we see from outside we think well i can't believe the these haven't been picked up but actually like you got like you say the planning is so meticulous where these players probably just don't fit the mold of what we are trying to achieve as a franchise what's fascinating as well is um uh, is how coaching is returning more to to basics you know we um we think of of um, batsmen, you know, scoring sort of 16, 18, 20 runs and over. And we think that everything's moving in that direction and that what we need, players need, is more variation, more trick shots, more trick deliveries, um, more, you know, back of the hand, slower ball, bounces, whatever you name it. You know, you, you the feeling is that you need to innovate, innovate, innovate. Well, actually... Eric's view um, over the last couple of years is go back to basics because mm. we've got bowlers now. You, you know he's presented with with youngsters who have got all these trick deliveries and that you know that all they want to do is be able as a spinner is bowl a carom ball and or as a bowl a knuckle ball and they they want to learn tricks 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 
And what Eric's discovered is that uh, none of them can bowl, can, can hit the top of off. Mm. You know, he says, I want you to bowl six balls that hit the top of off stump. Um, because, you know, the tricks in the variety... And, and similar batsmen, you know, as you said, it's not about reverse slog sweeping and, and playing all the trick shots and ramping over the keeper's head. That all comes later. First of all, show me that you can off drive and on drive. Yeah, and I think it comes down to when you, I think when you when you talk about good players, you talk about the greats. Go back to during my time. You look at somebody like Brian Lara. What you find anybody that played against Brian Lara, they'd say, well, we need 13 fielders. We need 12, 13 fielders because there are gaps on this field that we can't plug, but Brian will hit it through because what he'll do is he'll get himself in a position to get the ball to to get him a field where he wants to to have it and then he will then he will go through the gears that way and what I mean by that is he'll play proper cricket shots he'll play proper cricket shots to open areas up and when captains feel as though well we've got to plug this area and we've got to leave plug extra cover and leave mid-wicket open then all of a sudden you see the innovation of, of a mind working of a grit and just walk across the stumps and play the ball through mid-wicket and a captain scratching his head and then all of a sudden he's thinking well I need a mid-wicket so I'll change from, from somewhere else then you the the the, the innovative cricketers come into it and they, they can play Play all these shots, but there's one thing having the tools, but it's the other thing putting them in the right order. Mm. And I think that's what's that's what potentially is the problem with some of the young cricketers, and that's why we're pro- we are seeing a lot more experienced players playing in this IPL now because they know their game, they understand the situation, they get the pressure, they understand what is needed at the right time, and the ducks are in order. And I think that's what. I think some of the young Indian players are learning off the greats of the game. And I think that's why you see the transformation of this Indian cricket team at red ball and at white ball because they're making better decisions. They're understanding the pressure. They've got the skill sets, but they're doing it in the right order and they're not and they're not sort of chickens, you know, yeah, chickens with no head on. They're just doing things properly. And I think that's what you see in the transformation of, in, of India. And I think that's what's happening in the IPL. So... And that comes down to planning. That comes down to thinking about every ball means something. 120 balls and a lot of a lot of cricket balls. And I think because of that, I think that's why you're seeing that the level of the level of performance in the IPL is just getting to a to a you know it's just going through the roof. And I think that's why it's so important that our our best England players are playing in it. I don't know what I was thinking when I asked Kumar Sangakkara whether there was a danger that the IPL is becoming too powerful and too dominant and that it was expanding to 10 teams, whether that was a danger. It wasn't very tactful of me. I mean, he's just become just been appointed director of cricket at the Rajasthan Royals. <laughs> I should have been asking you. What, I mean, I, I you know, the, the whole the global calendar is now built around the IPL and um and even even Australia and England uh, are building their schedules around the IPL so that their best players are going to go and play in the IPL and there isn't a conflict of interest. I'm, I'm very concerned for the for the small seven uh, amongst the test playing nations. Um, I you know I think they're really struggling anyway to um, arrange bilateral series against each other to get quality content. Um, the IPL is. Um, already massively massively powerful and it shapes the the careers of 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 players from all all around the world um just because if even if they're not playing in it it denies them opportunities to play quality cricket and an expansion to 10 teams 
I have serious concerns about. I don't think anything can be done about it. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there, there has to be a, a, a ceiling, a ceiling level. Um, but when you look at you look at English cricket, there's 18 counties. There's going to be nine. Um, I think nine. Is there going to be nine um, hundred ball teams, franchises, or whatever you want to call them? So we're going to have more than what India is. You know, we've got a population of 70 million. They've got a population of 1.3 billion. So when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, do we need more IPL teams? Will it make the spectacle better? Probably, yes. Will it cut more time into the schedule? If it does, then I think we there has to be a... Especially from, especially from, like you say, the smaller seven, there have to be question marks asked to say, well, if that's the case... Then you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to drip feed this this pot this pot of money further down, and you're gonna to have to make sure that we do not get left behind because if we get left behind, cricket gets left behind because what what I find and I'm all for the IPL and you'll you'll never hear me say we shouldn't be playing in it, but what you what I find is if you are if you are taking away like you say the small seven, then the avenues into the IPL is is getting shorter and the players aren't getting the cricket like you've said and they're not going to be as good they're not going to get picked up in an IPL and then the devalue in the product so for me I think there's a balance between making sure there's enough cricket around the world at a high standard to make sure these players are at the best optimum possible skill sets to make sure that they can perform in the IPL, but also make sure cricket levels are very, very high. And I think that's the balancing act and strong leadership from ICC and from other boards to make sure that the IPL doesn't just run away and be its own entity. Because if it does, then I think there will be serious ramifications for the game. Ultimately, I think the leadership needs to come from the BCCI and they yes. need to care about the game globally, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, you know, they can't just have the IPL. They need... Anyway, great stuff. Uh, you've been listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast and our review of the 2021 IPL auction. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed available now on the free TalkSport app. Thank you for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 